build compelling real-time apps quickly and scale them globally with the PubNub real-time network. Only PubNub delivers the core building blocks needed for any real-time application. Find out for yourself by signing up for free today. Visit PubNub.com. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing, the most trusted podcast dedicated to the new business of location. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 144, recording this live between Asif and myself on Sunday, August 25th, 2013. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And with me, as always, for all 144 episodes to date, no pinch hitter required. None yet. None yet. Uh, Asif, <laughs> Asif Khan from the uh, Location-Based Marketing Association. Uh yeah, yes. Happy, located happy in Toronto. to be here. Happy to be doing back and doing this. Yes, I, I um you know I was watching your Toronto Blue Jays play today and they uh, squeaked out a uh, you know a tight win over the worst team in the entire league. That's entire league. That's after losing two to them. Yeah. yeah, I know they lost two out of three to Houston and my New York Yankees roll in there next week uh, starting tomorrow with uh, new uh, you know Derek Jeter coming back from the disabled list for the third time. Third time's yeah. the charm. Your New York Yankees also just avoided this week, right? Yes, yeah, I know. Okay, I know. all right. So, just so we're clear. I just, I, I like to bring. <laughs> this <laughs> is not the baseball show. This is the place where no. you come to find out what has been going on in the location-based marketing world, contextualized-based marketing world, in the mobile world, all in one episode, once a week. And I know you guys love this because you keep coming back week after week after week, and we appreciate it. We can't thank you enough. And if you do, if you come back here quite often, if you are here, if you're listening to this right now, do us a solid, just one little solid. Go into wherever you found this, whether that's iTunes or any other podcasting location, RSS feed, wherever you found this, and they have this little thing. It's like a bunch of stars. What we'd love you to be able to do is give us like, click on like four or five stars, leave a comment. Man, that is our currency. It is why we do the show. If you do that for us, we'll keep doing this for you. Please go and rate this podcast. Give it a little comment. It helps us. It helps you. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, do we ever get the warm and fuzzies eh? when we see those comments come up on, oh, yeah. on iTunes. Love it. And, yeah, so please, please just do that for us, right? Just, we, we, we'll wait. You know, we, we could spend a couple of minutes and we'll wait while you do that, but we wouldn't put you through yeah. that. But please, when you get a moment, we'd appreciate it. If you could do it this week, we'd appreciate it even more. Thank you very, very much for tuning in. Asif, before we get into the show, what's going on with the Location-Based Marketing Association? You are so busy in September, it's crazy. Yeah, well, we got a whole bunch of new events uh, coming up. Uh, the fall schedule is uh, just about to start. Uh, school's going back. We're going back. Everything's is rolling again. So it all kicks off for us uh, September the 10th. We're launching a, a brand new chapter in Dallas. Uh, so that's exciting. Uh, we've got a, a great event coming together there with AT&T, Millennial Media, the marketing arm, all sorts of great folks involved. Michael Stores, American Airlines, I think, is on the panel as well. So... It's going it's to be cool. Uh, lots of good discussion going on there. The following week uh, in Europe, we've got uh, LBMA events in Cologne uh, and Madrid as well that week. Uh, and then the week after that, um, I won't be there, but uh, the LBMA's Atlanta chapter on the 25th is hosting an event as well. So plenty going on, and it just, it just rolls from there. We've got stuff uh, all through uh, October in New York, in Toronto, in San Francisco, and all the chapters are, are rolling again. So, My goodness. 
how you do it, but we appreciate it. Those of us in this industry appreciate your evangelism, what you're doing for this industry. So thanks, Asif. It was great hey. though. You had the summer off to enjoy your family. Now they now they remember. Yeah, what you well, look liter like. literally, like as I was telling you, as we we're getting set here, like four hours ago, I was standing in galoshes in the middle of a lake with a fishing rod, and here I am now. So, yeah. This is life in Ontario, though, isn't it? It's, uh, you know, you're always a you know a stone throw from a cottage, and that's the greatest part about living here. For those of you who don't visit Canada, or haven't been up to Canada, Ontario is like you know, especially north. It's like northern Toronto's uh, northern Ontario is cottage country, and around where you guys are, it's uh, it's amazing. And we have it around in Quebec here and in uh, Ontario. It's just I mean, that's that's what Canadians live for. Those like 17 days of summer that we get every year. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Exactly. And then we go out there, we just get sunburned, right? And that carries it, us over for the rest of the year. And all the mosquitoes. And yeah. all the mosquitoes, yeah. We get bit, eaten alive, and sunburned. And that is exactly what our summer is. And we love it. I we know, it's it. so crazy. <laughs> um, well, we have a jam-packed show today. We have stories about Google, GoDaddy, Coors, Coca-Cola, Nuance, Apple, Placeable. Plus, we have our app of the week, which is Clinch. Uh, which is a very cool video app. We have our mobile minute with Chuck Martin and our resource of the week. And we're going to be talking about that resource is really cool. It's about the difference between uh, North America and Europe and uh, location-based services. And it's a pretty in-depth study. Um, so you want to stick around for that. That is going to be the end of the show, of course. We have no guest because we have so much news. We'll be back next week with our guest, who is going to be Nora Young, who is uh, the an author and also a host here uh, in Canada on CBC. She actually has a great, great, great podcast, and uh, she's going to be coming on uh, talking about a little bit about uh, contextual content and, and basically self-awareness. Uh, and it's going to be a pretty amazing thing because it all has to do with these wearable computers that we are now starting to consume. So that'll be next week. But no guests this week because we've got so much news. Right? You so got that right. Why don't we jump into this episode right now? Um, Asif, I brought to you last week Mixbit, which was this uh, location-based or contextual video application. Uh, and you brought this week an application called Clinch, which I think is freaking awesome, man. It's awesome. Yeah, well, I, I literally just had a chance to play with it. I read about this thing. I read some reviews on it and thought it was cool. And I had to come up with something... You know, compete with Mixbit. So my, yes. my response is clinch, uh, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's literally the same thing. It's it's about pulling together video and photos, um, your own or uh, stuff out there on Instagram or based on on your location, and assembling them into you know a quick little uh, you know mashup uh, or collage, if you will, of images and video um, with music that uh, you can pick from the iTunes library or, or or stuff that they've already got in the app. Uh, and it just smashes the stuff together and creates a contextual little, uh, you know, snap, snapette, let's call it. It's amazing. It's amazing. But what I love about it is that, uh, so, you know, you can do all those things that we're talking about with Mixbit, but you can, you bring in all your audio, your, so your video, your photos, as you said, you can connect it to Instagram and do your Instagram video, and you can borrow from other people, and, the, and then you just hit hit go. Like, you, you choose the, mm -hmm. the kind of filter that you want on it. Um, so you can do like old school or you can just do a collage and then you put the music behind it and you quite literally hit a button and then it goes, it takes about two minutes to process it and then it, it pushes you back this video that's all done up. I'm going to play mine right here if you don't mind. It's my kids at uh, Upper Canada Village. It's just a very quick clip for 40 seconds. Just watch this. There's just going to be music for those of you who are listening, but this is a perfect example of how cool this is. And I didn't do anything. I just picked the six things and hit go. So here, take a look.
looks similar. Yeah, clinch. yeah I mean, I, I just did it as well. I mean, it's dirty, easy to do. I love it. I mean, it reminds me of, you know, when you're when you're just using iPhoto and you upload a bunch of stuff and you've got like your folder there and you just like highlight a few photos and you say create slideshow. And it's done. And, it, and it's done. Like it just it already it, it assigns a piece of music to it, or you can pick whatever music you want or the style you want. It's exactly the same thing. But add to that a location feature. Yes. Uh, which is if there's other people, let's say you're doing this, you know, I'll go with Rob's favorite. You're at the Yankees game, or you're at the Springsteen concert, or whatever. And there's other people there snapping photos too. Well, let's see who's on the system. Let's grab photos from them. Let's create a a you know, big mashup with everybody's stuff based on location. Love Amazing. It. And in fact, uh, you know what, uh, Lululemon actually has a video on here about the mat. Uh, so it's about, uh, you know, the um, yoga mats that Lululemon puts out. And, and so there's like a basically a, um, I don't even know, it's like a 15 or 20 second uh, video about that. And it's got like a thousand views, right? So um, th there's a brand experience here, brand opportunity mm -hmm. here, just exactly like Mixbit. But uh, I, this, this is very simple. Man, I, I really liked it. Uh, so if you're interested in it, you can get it from, it's it's available on Google Play, it's available on the App Store, and you can go to clinch.co. I think this, like Mixbit, has a huge, huge ramification. This kind of video application has a huge uh, ramification on uh, brands. So we've got to start looking at these things to be able to bring this type of technology into your business. And if you can, there's an audience already waiting for this on these platforms. you got to go find them, and I think that's very yeah. interesting. Yeah, clinch.co, clinch.co. Very cool. Awesome. Nailed. All right, so we got uh, we got seven stories. Uh, we're going to jump into this. Uh, midway through, we're going to stop, and we're going to have uh, Chuck come on and talk about uh, the plight of the QR code, uh, certainly with uh, what's been going on with uh, ScanBy uh, mm -hmm. and Microsoft getting into this. We give a little bit of context to that and about how it's related to uh, mobile commerce and, uh, and uh, mobile wallets and mobile payments. So we'll get into that, and then we'll be back on the other side for uh, a bunch more stories and our resource of the week. So our first story... This, you know, what? If you had, if you had told me that that first of all, that people were going to take their glasses and put cameras on it and wear it and look like uh, Robert Scoble, like a complete doofus with a Google Glass on, um, uh, I would have thought, you know, I, you know, I, I could have gotten over that. I said, you know, there's always going to be people that are interested in doing that. Um, but then, if you told me that uh, Google was going to monetize this by putting a patent around something called the uh, pay per gaze, which allowed you to basically. <laughs> um, Whenever you look at a brand, charge the brand. I think this is the best business model ever uh, on the planet if anybody can get away with this. But Google has patented this thing called Paper Gaze, right? Where it charges advertisers every time a consumer wearing something like this, a Google Glass, looks at their brand or interacts with their brand. Is This, this can't be for real. It, well, uh, I read the patent. I know. Uh, filing. <laughs> I mean, it, it seems pretty real to me. Um, you know, th this is... Um, Google being Google, Google trying to lock up a uh, you know a, a market segment that uh, that they're they're first in. I mean you know Apple does this too, uh, but you know the as far as the glass technology is concerned, they're they're the uh, they're the guys out there pushing the boundaries and as they should you know as an advertising company figure out how to monetize this thing and yep. and, and and there's actually two parts to this. There's the pay per gaze piece, um, which. It's just mind-boggling that you know you every time you look at something you know an advertiser you know is uh, is paying for that. What, what does Google uh, do? They just like like you know send an invoice. It's like you know we've got we got a fifteen hundred. Well, it, it's an ad impression, the same as anything else, right? It, it's the same. It's the same as you know 
a banner pops up in front of you, it's an impression. This time they can actually tell that you're looking at it or not looking at it. Um, and that and that's the first piece. The second piece, uh, as I was reading this thing, is what they what they're calling pa paper emotion, <laughs> <laughs> which which is uh, so so you're you're looking at this thing and and they can tell your attentions on it. Then they can also determine um, you know whether uh, it, it generates interest for you or not in the sense that you know does your iris get bigger or smaller or this kind you know Pupil kind of dilution. Stuff. I you know how it. do you how, how do you react to this, um, and and then they can charge you even more for that. So so this this is pretty crazy stuff. This is uh, absolutely something I think is uh, is legit. And uh, you know um, if they can pull this off and they can get, I mean, it all comes down to can we get people to use glass based technology like this? Yeah. Um, then you know they're they're gonna rock. And this, this patent was filed May 11th, 2011. So don't think that this was just an overnight thing. This is obviously something that they've yeah. been thinking about for quite some time. Um, and they just need a vehicle like Google Glass to come through and, and then be able to actually do this. But I think that this is much bigger. When you start to get into smart boxes on television sets and all those kind of things, there's uh, smartphones, certainly with the cameras on the front. And, you know, uh, you know, Android has the kind of waved answer. And uh, when you look away now, your videos stop on certain Android phones. So like, when you start to think about that, they're already building this kind of expectation into it. So now, uh, you know, it, 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 and the resolution of the cameras, to me, w would indicate, listen, you know, front-facing cameras, Camera's getting much, uh, much, much, much better. You can yeah. you can tell how dilated your your pupils well, are. Well, uh, you know, and may maybe a sidebar to this is is that you know the the crowd optic guys that we worked with a while back on the on the L'Oreal project, that whole technology is you know what they refer to as focus based applications. Yep. yep. So so that whole idea of you know where where is the device pointed, uh, and what's the focal point? You can't have a focal point in that context unless you have at least two people looking at something, right? Um, and, and so that becomes really interesting too when you look at monetization models like this that Google's talking about. So I think we're going to see that the combination of those things start to come together. You know, another piece of this, and I, I agree, and another piece of this was something that they call latent pre-searching, which is basically augmented reality searching. So if you're looking at something, anything, mm -hmm. like you're looking at a store or you're looking at a monument or you're looking at something, this is what we've talked about quite a bit, um, yeah. where, where uh, literally whatever you're looking at, it would give you some augmented reality uh, search results, and they call yeah. it latent pre-searching. And I think that is pretty cool. Um, and I think there's a whole bunch of privacy challenges around that. Um, but... That, that's another piece to the, where they can actually monetize. For Lincoln's sure. Pre-searching. Yeah. For a Google. Man. These guys just push it. They just push it. They're absolutely 100% like uh, like Apple when it comes to these things. And I just love the fact that they're doing this this effectively. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. All right. So Google's pay per gaze. Now that's G-A-Z or Z-E. G-A-Z-E. Pay per gaze. All right, our second story. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, GoDaddy, GoDaddy of GoDaddy fame. Uh, you know, scantily clad women in the Super Bowl ads. GoDaddy, the big host, the internet service provider, uh, acquires a company called Loku for uh, a considerable whack of cash. What is this about? Yeah, so uh, the, the considerable amount of cash is rumored to be uh, about $70 million in, in cash and, and stock, uh, some combination thereof. Uh, there were some serious players involved in this um, deal, or the investors in this, uh, General Catalyst, uh, Lowercase Capital, Lightbank, uh, um, and these these guys, um, you know, they're, they've been at this for a while. Loku is in a space where um, 
you know, the the whole sort of evolution of the Yellow Pages market, the whole uh, sort of uh, industry uh, business listing market um, is rapidly changing uh, in such a way that, you know, we're seeing acquisition after acquisition, merger after merger. We're, we're just seeing a ton of activity in this space. And it comes down to two factors for me. You know, w one is uh, the accuracy of the data itself. Um, and how that's being collected and put together and you know, just the, the sheer number of errors that we see in, in internet search today when you search for whatever, Mexican restaurant in Toronto. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, so the accuracy piece is really interesting. And, and then I, I think the second piece is, is the method by which you, you actually collect and collate and, and pull that data together and dedupe it and all of that. So, what what you have here is is internet service providers like GoDaddy or Register.com or any of these guys out there. Part of of their business model, outside of you buying you know the uh, a domain name from them, is selling you you know web hosting services and email services and all the other stuff that comes with now that you own this domain. Well, you've got a business too, and a lot of these you know uh, in a lot of cases you know you want to make sure that your business is properly listed. So. It's a logical thing for a internet, you know, hosting name provider to to have a service like this. They already had the Loku service integrated into the GoDaddy offering, Very so this closely. was yeah. a logical fit for them. Um, so, so I like this deal. I, I think we're going to see even more of these kinds of things. This is just, you know, we we saw the Apple locationary deal. We're going to be talking about another Apple deal shortly. On this, you're going to see more and more of this. Yeah, you know, these guys, uh, you know, 30,000 businesses and mostly, you know, restaurants, spas, accountants, a lot of those. Yeah. Um, they're, they're a young company, less than two years old, uh, spun out of MIT. They charge a, a flat fee, I think, of $25 a month. And, and these guys are, are, are uh, you know, in, in an interesting space and, you know, close to your heart, obviously, with the data localization, uh, normalization, yeah. uh, location normalization. And uh, Blake Irving, who's their CEO uh, of Loku, says that uh, they are hell-bent on helping the little guy on the internet. And I like that approach. Uh, you know, a lot of people go upstream at enterprise, and they look at enterprise as the be-all and end-all, but 90% of the world is built on small businesses, on the back of small businesses. So uh, uh, kudos to this. $70 yeah, million? It, bucks? It, it, so so here, here's one thing I'm going to throw out, just yeah? a, a prediction of, uh, of sorts. I know it's not. we're not at the year-end prediction show That's yet. That's okay, but, though. But hey, so you, you see you see this deal, you see the Apple buying locationary deal. Yep. We've seen a couple of these deals now, right? That's about you know business listing data. Yep. Watch for AOL's patch <laughs> to buy something like this. And you know we haven't talked about patch at all, right? Nope. Uh, and uh... watch for patch. This is a logical play for patch. This is all about small medium business data accuracy, enabling the, that small medium business owner. That's in that local patch or whatever uh, you know you want to call it uh, to to get their stuff in there and then build advertising around it and drive traffic to it and do deals on it and all of that. Watch for AOL's patch to buy something like this. Well, if you're a company in this space, things are looking up. Go knock on Patch's door. So uh, GoDaddy acquires Loku for seventy million smackaroos. All right, our, our third story here, Steve. I got totally confused about this. Coors Light doing this thing called Refresh the Night Campaign. So let me get this straight. This is about a contest about it in, uh, so in uh, Buffalo, Syracuse, Albany, Boston, Pittsburgh, New York City, and Philadelphia. It's about uh, a contest about 
who has the best transition from day into night and you take a photo and you submit the photo and then you can win some stuff yeah fill, fill in the blanks here because this <laughs> that's exactly it uh they're, they're going after obviously a certain demographic they're going after uh, uh you know demographic of people out there who drink Coors Light yeah but they're all who, in their 60s no they're not Coors Light no they're not no, not, I, not this crowd that they're going after this, no I know we're talking we're talking about an SMS tech savvy party crowd that they're going after. And they here. drink Coors Light. And apparently, they drink Coors Light. I thought, they were um, like, I thought that generation was into like that uh, micro brew pubs and uh, unique beers that are only you know available in their block and that kind of stuff. Not Coors Light. I could be wrong. I don't know, man. Well, I don't know, but uh, I, I'm not in the generation anymore. No. So I can't. I can't comment. But. Um, I'm like so a two cores. I'm a, I'm a is, two cores cores light guy, and then I'm I, I crawl into bed. Right? Is that is that who they're? Is that the transition from day to night? Something like, <laughs> like that. We just have to have a photo before and after, and then we create a clinch about it. Exactly. Then we, then exactly. we push it out there. <laughs> Sorry, I keep interrupting. Talk about what, what is this thing? Refresh anyway, the night. So there's bars in these cities that you mentioned. Uh, it's it's a campaign that's running till October 31st. Uh, 31st called Refresh the Night, as you indicated. Basically, these bars uh, uh, have text and short codes uh, hidden in them. You go there, you take a photo of your day look, you take a photo of your night look, and you basically text these things in, so and you good. can win prizes. And the prizes are, like, you know, pretty interesting. Like, I mean, the one one prize I saw in here was a limo and a night out with concert tickets and party invites to nine nine of your friends. So you and, you and nine other people get to ride in a limo and go and party. Um, yeah, and, and the short codes are unique to each local market, um, so they know where it's coming from. They're supporting this with uh, social media and, and radio campaigns as well. So, I mean, they're doing a lot of work to promote the overall campaign. It's not just you know something that's happening on mobile. I like it. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I think that I, it, it's it's tough because you know, cores maybe cores like drinkers. Maybe there's a different demographic than they're actually going after, but maybe they're trying to bring that into that demographic. And and I and I like the idea. It's localized. It's very highly targeted. You have to be in a location to be able to qualify for this. You have to be mm -hmm. in a bar. You have to go through that transition. You have to do one action, which is take a photo before and after. Um, and and uh, so this. This really resonates with me, although I don't know that Coors Light is that brand that, that you know, evokes that, um, you know, suit by day, tie around the forehead by night kind of, uh, kind of thing. <laughs> I think Coors Light is like Carlsberg or like 50, right? You have a stereotype of a person that drinks one of those and, and they're not. I don't know, man. That was, I mean, I drank a lot of 50 when I was in, in university. So but, did I. But that's yeah. Yeah, 50. Where's 50? 50 that's a very Canadian thing. That's yeah. very, you know, St. Gaul is, you know. Thing out. Yeah. Laurentide right and I used to smoke, uh, you know, Graven A greens when I drank a lot too. Uh, there you go. Green death. Anyway, so th this is, I mean, it's it's unique enough. Uh, it's Coors Light, refresh the night. Just do a Google search if you're interested in finding out some more information about those. But uh, it's only available Buffalo, Syracuse, Albany, Boston, Pittsburgh, New York, and Philly. Cool. All right. All right. Now, uh, talk about our fourth story here, Asif. Uh, what is this about uh, lo location insight becoming placeable? And I think that that's the small story compared to what they what it is that they're doing. They've launched these services. Why don't you walk us through this? So, I mean, it, it goes with the same theme of what I was talking about with Loku. I mean, um, you know, Location Insight's a company that's been around for a while. They've rebranded it as placeable. They've launched a new kind of commercial uh, version of the platform. And again, this is about data accuracy. Yeah. This is about... Uh, you know, a platform that's already got two million locations uh, listed in it. 
mostly in this case not so much small medium businesses but you know big brands uh, corporate entities uh, getting their their uh, their location data into a system uh, so you, uh, they mentioned Bank of America Western Union American Express nationwide you know all these kinds of guys have all their location data in in a in the placeable system and again it's about accurate lookup it's about making sure people find the right thing when they're looking for it um, you know we've all been there we've all used Google and and, uh, and search for stuff or Apple or whatever and had results that weren't 100% of what we thought they were. Um, and Placeable's trying to solve that, Loku's trying to solve that, uh, you know, in different ways. Uh, but again, it comes down to accuracy of data and method uh, for, you know, getting that data in and, and checking and verifying it. Location area that we talked about earlier that Apple acquired had a whole different way to do it, you know, using consumer game dynamics and all that kind of stuff. and. You know, this is a much more corporate play yeah. where, you know, this is the business is saying, you know, I, I'm American Express, here's a database, you know, or Excel spreadsheet or whatever it is with all my locations. I verify this is accurate, get it in there, and make sure it gets disseminated out to the people who care. This is, a, a, I mean, a, a, this is a, a perfect example of why we need that centralized database. And this is a, a piece of it, obviously. But uh, Eric Kaufman, who's the uh, CEO, this is a staggering statistic. He said that in, in one of the articles that I read, he said that dirty location is what they call this. Uh, yeah. Dirty location data costs the U.S. businesses over $10 billion a year in lost sales. Yeah. Like, that's a problem, right? That's, that's a big problem. That is a problem. And it's a problem that didn't exist five years ago. It just didn't, right? Uh, because of the now with with so much location data uh, and so much reliance on GPS and data and Foursquare and all these different applications for discovery, this is now a huge problem. And these guys are tackling it. And they're tackling it. it's not cheap. It's three hundred bucks a month plus two dollars per location. And they have uh, I think that they the last I saw they had two million locations worldwide in one hundred and ninety five countries that they were uh, yeah. they were managing. It's, and they did a lot of the grunt work themselves. And I think that this is it's fascinating, but a $10 billion problem. Who'd have thunk? Yeah. And, and, and according to their stats, uh, you know, it's $10 billion in lost sales, but it's also 20% of the data that we pull back in, in those search results is, in, is, is inaccurate. 20% of the data that we... Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I, go. like, this is like, uh, you know, I, I never would have thought that there, there was that much lost revenue as a result of this. Holy cow. What, what are we doing here, Rob? We I should be out fixing problems like this. Come oh, on. God. you got to find the problems first. Good on Aerie for doing that. So placeable.com. Um, and uh, this is a self-service platform. Um, and uh, I mean, I'm fascinated, but it's $10 billion. Jesus. Get your locations right, people. All right. Uh, those are the first bunch of stories we're going to jump into. Uh, Chuck Martin talking about ScanBy and the plight of the QR codes right now in our mobile minute. We'll be back on the other side to finish this off and give you a resource of the week. Stick around. You want to stick around for the uh, Coca-Cola. Uh, that's why I kind of wore this shirt if you can't see it. It says Canada. It's the closest thing that I've got to Coca-Cola. Uh, Coca-Cola. Stories about Coca-Cola, Nuance, Apple, and of course our resource. But here is Chuck Martin talking about ScanBy and the plight of the QR codes. Welcome back to another Mobile Minute. Chuck, are there any correlations between the way that QR codes were adopted and the way that mobile commerce will be adopted? 
Uh, well, there's kind of a lesson here. Uh, several years ago, I came across this company. I was at a media post event in New York in a company called ScanBy, and they had a QR code. And I tried to scan it with my BlackBerry. I remember those days. Um, and it didn't work so well. And this was just a little startup. Well, uh, recently, that company just took over the tag business for Microsoft. So they now are essentially dealing with all the Microsoft tags for uh, that Microsoft is getting out of that whole business. And the, the point here is that a company can really stick with it. And if they stick with it, they ultimately can can survive and thrive, which is really what, what happened here. And, and I'm looking at commerce really following the same pattern. They're going to be innovators that fall by the wayside, of course, but then they're going to be companies like like the scan buys of the world that stick it out and ultimately they're going to be succeeding in commerce because they basically are are innovating and following a path. So is this really just about a, you know a waiting game, standing your ground, taking opportunities when you can and then holding on? Well, uh, a scan by actually—I know this company pretty well. They're a case study in both my last two books. They actually weren't just standing still; they were doing quite a lot in terms of what happened in that space. Is it's evolved that that codes are simply becoming now triggers to experiences. So companies like ScanBy, uh, SpiderLink in Denver is doing the same thing. They they basically are using the code or AR or whatever it is that they're they're triggering something that brings a consumer to a richer experience, and that's where the value is. Should they be marrying the two, like QR codes and commerce? Is that the perfect marriage for mobile commerce? Uh, well, ultimately, it's going to be, be, be part of commerce. There are a lot of things that are going to be part of commerce. It's just a matter of making this thing kind of holistic and glued together. Chuck Martin, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my goodness. Author of Mobile Influence and obviously uh, a guy that knows what he's talking about around this industry, specifically around location, marketing, and mobile commerce. So that was ScanBy and the plight of QR codes. Now, that is part of something that I do every day with Chuck. It's called the Mobile Minute. You can check it out on Untether.tv. You can subscribe to it through iTunes, or you can just subscribe to this, and you'll get it once a week in your inbox. So thanks, Chuck, for doing that. Thanks for letting us use that clip on This Week in Location-Based Marketing. All right, back at it, back at it. Hey, you know, Coke used to have this great slogan. You know, it was like, I'd like to buy the world a Coke. Remember that? I'd like to buy the world a home and furnish it with love. Grow apple trees and honeybees and snow white turtle doves. I like to teach the world to sing, sing with me. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that was just like the greatest thing. It was the greatest marketing Love slogan it. ever. Yeah. So now they they got this thing called movement for um, a movement campaign. What is Coke all of a sudden healthy? Well, they're certainly trying to be uh, position themselves as healthy. I mean, they're. I mean, Coke is not the Coke we we grew up with. It, you know, it's a water company. It's a juice company. It's a 
you know, all kinds of stuff and healthy company. Um, and uh, I mean, they still sell a lot of Coke. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> exactly. They're still called. They're still called the Coca-Cola Company, right? They're not called the the Water Company or the Fructopia Yeah, they're still company. called the. They should, I don't know. They should be called the Sweet Syrup Company. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> the Rot Your Teeth Company. Right, yeah, but it's all good, man. I love it. I, I you know, I'm, I'm still a big fan. They're innovators. Uh, they're innovators in mobile and social. They're they're like the canary. Like Starbucks is on the payment side. Coca-Cola is on a lot of the other fronts. So I I, I absolutely have. I tip my hat to them. But really, a a health company? Come on. Yeah, so basically they, they've teamed up with uh, a thing called the Global Poverty Project uh, for this campaign called Movement for a Movement. And, and uh, you know, this is kind of a little bit old school in our world. This is, you know, check-in, scavenger hunt kind of stuff in New York City. Uh, and basically there's a bunch of charities that are participating in this. And you've got to identify these locations. It's literally a scavenger hunt around. But it's about bringing awareness to ten nonprofit uh, groups um, in New York City. Like one of them is a police police athletic league, uh, and and several others. I mean, and, and it's 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 really about awareness for these particular charities through a scavenger hunt powered by Coke. What else can I say? What else? What else are you going to say about it? I think it's it's a and you uh, got to check in and you got to share it, you know, on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. But so. that but that's what that's what Coke has been very good at uh, combining the social and lo the local and uh, and the mobile side. And uh, we talk about vending machines. We talk about the way that they've you know just they 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 pushed the boundaries on this and um, and you know they use their clout for good. Like didn't they they ran a campaign to save the polar bears, right? Yeah. So you know what. I tip my hat to, to Coke, and uh, you know, but the feedback that I've heard from this is that yeah, it's it's unique and it's interesting. But but to rebrand the company as a health company is crazy, crazy, crazy. And I know mm -hmm. I think that these guys partnered um, with Keep Keep dot me and uh, yes. to to own you know their water um, uh, line. I can't remember what it's called, but to own this kind of Dasani, yeah, Dasani um, to own the the health food or the health moment, right, or the healthy moment in in yeah. Keep dot me. So they're really trying to do it, and they realized you know. Um, with with Coke being uh, well, all um, beverages, all uh, uh, soft drinks being removed from schools, right, from grade schools, uh, all the vending machines no longer carry pop, at least in Canada, simply because you know it's just not good for you. It's just not. There's no way around it. It's not good for you. So I think that them giving back is like cigarette smoking or cigarette uh, uh, manufacturers putting, you know, donating to uh, to cancer research. I think it's a it's something that they have to do. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. So Coca-Cola right. movement for a movement campaign. Very cool. All right. Our next story, uh, Steve, I, I, I saw this uh, company, Nuance. I don't know if everybody's, I think as everybody's heard of Nuance, they announced this thing in April called Talking Ads. And I saw the announcement. I was at the uh, VentureBeat Mobile Summit in April of this year, of 2013. And I was there when they announced this and they gave some demonstrations about the talking ads. We all know mobile advertising presents a huge opportunity. With hundreds of billions of ad impressions per month, it's hard to ignore. In such a crowded environment, how can an ad stand out and deliver an effective and engaging message? And with over 1 billion unique smartphone users, how do you deliver a message appropriate to each individual? The answer is simple. Start a conversation. From the leaders in speech recognition software comes Nuance Voice Ads. Nuance voice ads use speech recognition to produce a verbal message based on a consumer's conversational input. If a consumer is in the Valentine's Day doghouse and, like a lot of people, doesn't know much about flowers, 
The Nuance voice ad can make a suggestion and guide them through the purchase process. Who are you in trouble with? My wife. Okay, damage control. Does she have a favorite flower? Probably. I don't know what it is, though. Of course you don't. Tell you what, I'm going to recommend these and a lot of groveling. If a company wants to create a more engaging, brand-building interaction, Nuance voice ads can give their audience a more personalized experience. Should I buy a new car? What kind of car is it? It's a nice four-door sedan with all the bells and whistles. Why not? Buy it. This is America. That's what we do. And while you're at it, use Alpha. You'll be glad you did. Your brand has a voice. Your consumer has a voice. Let's start the conversation. And, uh, I, you know, I, I can't tell, uh, you know, I couldn't tell the, the judging from the crowd whether or not this was, they were applauding based, to, to, you know, just to be um, really, you know, to be polite or if they really thought this was a good idea. But it turns out, hey, you know what? Sweden thinks this is a good idea. Yeah, they do. Um, so, so I mean, if you're not familiar with Nuance, I mean, what we're talking about here is Siri-type technology, um, you know, that personal assistant type of stuff, uh, but repurposed in this context for when you see an ad, you can speak to that ad and, and you know, get a response from that ad, uh, a verbal response, that is. And so in back 40, in April... But in 40 languages. In 40 languages, uh, yeah. And so two, two Swedish media companies or, or apps have, have decided to go ahead with this. Back in April, when they announced this at the VentureBeat thing that you were at, uh, they had partner, had announced a partnership with Millennial Media and JumpTap, which, as we just talked about uh, last show, are, are now one company. Um, they haven't yet actually launched this uh, in in North America yet. So the Swedish guys have kind of, you know, kind of jumped ahead a little bit and said, "We believe in this stuff. We want to go for it and, and make it happen." So, so the way I look at this is is it's like a Siri, but it, it, it's a it's a commercial version of Siri, yeah. um, you know, an ad-endorsed version of Siri. And, and the opportunity that I like about, the, that I see here is really, think about um, a, any major corporation, let's go with Coca-Cola, right? And, and you've, got a, you've got a question about a product, uh, you know, and you know, you, you know, those, you know you, how you go to a website for, for a major company like that and they've got those auto response uh, uh, engine yeah. things yep. where you type your question in and then it comes back with you know uh, what it thinks the answers are um, and then you say no and it, did this help you da, 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 no all that think about doing that in a voice way now well think you about see what, an ad. yeah you see an ad for, for coca-cola and, and you ask it a question and you get a response and you know so so I think there's a big opportunity to take this kind of technology and apply it to that kind of thinking don't you don't you remember if you're Canadian and you're listening to this, you know, Rogers wanted to do this. They wanted to get rid of oh. every human oh. possible on the planet and they so they went with a you know an automatic uh, voice uh, system like this and they named it and they tried to give it a personality and it was terrible. It was like New Coke, right? It was the equivalent to New Coke. Didn't yeah. work. Customer satisfaction was down the drain. It just you know, so they went back to a you know, a mix of human and uh, and uh, automatic automated system, and I, I would not want to see that happen with this. You know, I, whether or not I believe, just, just think about all the guys out there that are sitting around right now, though, Rob. That I know she's no longer uh, on the payroll anymore. Yeah. But you know, to go back to the GoDaddy story, you know, Danica Patrick was their was their front person. Yes. So all these guys now that are phoning in just to hear Danica's voice. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> Talking to the ad just to hear Danica's voice. Yeah. Well, you know, my, you know what? If this is like a phone sex. I think this would be great, right? It would be right. But um, 
I, like I'm not as hey, I'm not, online gambling and porn are still uh, one and two, man. It is it never it, goes away, and and nobody's so you, really figured it out. You bring voice ads to that now, and you're you're laughing. I, th- I think so. I think that this is great. Or, or you know, you can. Uh, there are some. Maybe there are some uses. Maybe, maybe I, I'm too harsh on this. But I kind of. I was chuckling a little bit uh, when I was thinking about. This. I was threw up a little bit in my mouth when I thought about the idea of actually talking to an ad. Like, who in their right mind would want to talk to an ad? And you know, while while the guy was up on stage talking about this, and I thought like this can't be real. Nobody wants to talk to an ad. And I think that there maybe there's some gamification pieces that can work very well with this. Um, you know, like the old days, like you don't know Jack. I think that they should bring you don't know Jack back together with with some uh, some advertisements and i think that there could be some fun with it so don't get me wrong the biggest technology that i loved about what nuance was doing was their noise filtering system because they had to make this work inside of a bar with a thousand voices talking at the same time music yeah. blaring and everybody screaming and glasses clinking and what they were able to do which was i think where they're going to make a lot of money is the fact that they can actually reduce remove the background noise so it's focused on the voice and i think that that is a killer feature here they had to make it work in a very crowded space and the guy was on stage saying that they did they made it work in a very crowded space so i think that this is a a very unique technology maybe misapplied to the ad space unless they bring back that game you don't know jack and then that is what they use across the board because i think that trivia porn and gambling man that is perfect for automatic uh, response and but, but even think about this now combined with the paper gay stuff that we just talked about yeah it could be right yeah think about you're walking by you look at a billboard your gaze is focused on that billboard the advertiser's paying for that impression yes and now and now you verbalize you know, it's a, it's a BMW billboard. You know, where's the closest dealership? Yeah. And it tells you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, that's pretty crazy. Well, I mean, I think that that's partially what Google uh, Google Glass is doing right now, where you can talk to, say, they say, Glass, show me show me where the near, nearest dealership is. And I think that that's, the un- that's a very unique piece to it. Um, but, I, like, I just, this whole interaction, like, the last thing I want is ads talking back to me. Like I hate it when I when I land on a web page and the video automatically plays or an ad automatically plays, yeah. right? Or a pop up and an ad automatically plays in the background. It drives me crazy. So the but, idea but that that's I, not because it's not contextual to you. No, it's not. So right? contextualized is the difference. That's it. Yes, that's all. Well, nuance the talking ads. They're they're using it in Europe. One one of the apps is a TV uh, guide service, and the other one is the National Daily Newspaper Expressen. And uh, again, 40 languages across North and South America, Europe, Middle East, Asia, and Australia. I didn't realize they spoke a different language in Australia than North America. It's just, you know, different yeah. different kind of English. Pretty cool. Nuance. Speaking ads. And if you guys out there have used one of these speaking ads, and if you're in Europe and, you, and they start to roll out, we would love to talk to you about that. Or better yet, you can leave us a comment. Leave us your, your impression of it and how you felt about it at untether.tv forward slash talk, and we will play it here. Nuance, talking ads. Very cool. Sort of. Neat. Sort of. There you go. All right. All right. Our, uh, time for our last story. Uh, this just uh, broke uh, late last week. Um, Apple acquiring this company called Embark. And uh, this is kind of right on the tail. I think uh, Apple acquired uh, HopStop about three weeks ago. So everybody yep. was like, this is obviously this uh so this is transit information and hopstop was transit information so obviously uh we we all know the story the plight of google maps and and apple maps and the fact that they got rid of the transit information when they dumped google maps and and uh, now they're obviously interested in bringing it back in in a big 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 way there's nothing more local than transit and especially something that is so such a huge gap in in apple maps now compared to google um and uh apparently embark 
they say, is, uh, according to the CEO, is far greater and far superior than Google's transit information. And, and it's the, in their strategy with which they've uh, gone after cities, independent cities. And instead of de deploying a, one big app, they've deployed city-based apps. And, uh, and I think that this is, it's, it's very interesting. So if you're interested in the, in the differences here, Hopstop, you know, how they complement each other is Hopstop kind of provides walking, taxi, and bike directions uh, in addition to the kind of the mass transit mm -hmm. um, routes and maps, et cetera, like that. And Embark's strategy was to spread it out its transit apps, delivering one for each market. Uh, and it and it and it's in a dozen markets total. So they had, uh, right when uh, Google, uh, when Google was off Apple, and it was just Apple Maps. Kind of the the month after that happened, they were downloaded a hundred thousand times. And here's a perfect example of Apple inflating the value of something like Embark. We don't know what they they paid for it, but Apple, when it was asked in Apple Maps about transit information, Apple gave like the top link was Embark. So they created this company. They created the value. They created the popularity, and then they went out and bought it. Good strategy. I think like I don't know. Yeah, I I do. Uh, and and you know, I, I again, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here. And I I think you know, first of all, I think Apple is uh, absolutely investing in their maps. They have. There's no doubt that Apple uh, believes they can pr put out their own mapping product that's as good or better than Google's. Yep. Uh, and I think they've made some acquisitions uh, along that line. I think Apple's strategy. The, you know, from kind of reading between the lines for me, Apple's strategy is, isn't only about quality mapping data, though. It's about how you leverage that data, how you leverage the location of the device. And, and I think Passbook plays a big role in this, too. I, I think if you think about Embark and you think about these cities uh, that they've got in the system right now and, and these very local transit apps, as you just described them, you know, by by city, you know, the, the MBTA in Boston, Chicago's transit, uh, you know, whatever. Um, and then you think about, okay, uh, bus cards and, and, and transit fares, and you think about all that kind of stuff, and how does that fit into, into the strategy? Well, you've got to have, you know, full integration with that, you know, with that local authority, you know, to make that work properly, right? Um, and then if I, if I can have my, my, my bus pass show up in my passbook, and I can have this map show up in passbook, and I can have all that kind of stuff, and I can, I can facilitate that transaction, that's really interesting. And then, and then think about the other layer, which is you know the other side of Apple, which is the sort of the media entertainment side of Apple, and think about iTunes Radio, which is about to launch, right? Yep. And you think about you know everybody that's sitting on sitting on that transit right now, in Boston or in Chicago, and they're sitting there with their headphones, their earphones in, and they're listening to their music, and they're listening to what Pandora or Spotify, and soon iTunes Radio. Um, you know, I think all of these things come together, and and this this local this local data, this transit data, that ability to interrupt the stream to say, hey, by the way, don't get stuck in that song, and you know your your station's coming up next, you know, all that kind of stuff, is where Apple's going to kill. Gold. Google, I tell you, Google is not even even close to that. No, no, it's not. Google's on the gadget uh, rampage, and uh, and Apple is trying to piece together. Uh, you know this this path to commerce and path to transaction, and it's fascinating. Apple is 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 unique, uh, always has been yeah. unique in understanding 
the flow of what the consumer wants and how they use things and you know that that path that they travel during their life and in their day and all that kind of stuff and and that's where for me this isn't just about data this is about how does this data weave into this this ecosystem of all the stuff that we do in a day and how does it just get served up to us magically when it when we need it you know, it's it's fascinating. You hear a lot of people talking about this. Uh, you know, the upcoming release. I think it's the the great um, uh, you know known secret uh, that early September they're going to talk about the new iPhone and iOS seven is going to be out soon. Um, and and the focus seems to be on whether or not uh, Apple can innovate on the hardware side, right? And the huge conversations yeah. around the flat nature of of the new iOS and whether people like it or not, and the new features of the operating system and the phone, and whether it's going to have a you know a, a fingerprint scanner and all that kind of stuff. And and what gets lost in these conversations is who gives a shit about the hardware, right? Yeah. The hardware is the conduit to the software to the service layer. And if you own the stack, which Apple does, and Rim had an opportunity, BlackBerry had an opportunity. They owned the stack. They owned the operating system, the hardware manufacturing. They owned it all from the bottom and up. But but you know it it the, the, Apple owns that stack. And then they own every service layer on top of that. And if they get location right, and if they do this right, you're exactly right. Passbook is a disaster right now. Like nobody knows what to do with it. I don't want to download additional applications in order to be able to no. enable Passbook. So there, something is going to emerge from this that is going to be exactly like that. Like I mean, in Canada, we have, um, you know, a, 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 you know, a, what I can only say is a failed transit system payment platform. You, you launched in Toronto. It was like 18 months over but uh, you know over um, delayed and it was way over budget in Ottawa we did the same thing it's been two years and they're just rolling out the cards now and and the challenge here is that we all carry one of these devices and and whatever they're doing right now is transitory and who's gonna own this is gonna own that data and it and why couldn't it be Apple why couldn't it be passbook right as an enabler yeah you're so right and then uh, iTunes radio it, like it, it's just they own so much of how we do our day and and context is the last piece. And there are four hundred million people that use iOS now in multiple devices. Mm -hmm. Oh my God! Crazy. So uh, you know, I think that we focus on the wrong things. Don't get me wrong. Hardware is fine. Like whatever. Hardware is hardware. You got to have the cool stuff, right? But at yeah. the end of the day, it's all about application layer. It's all about you know how how these things uh, weave and interfit with each other. And, yeah. And we don't even talk about the hardware that's coming out, maybe the watch or whatever it is going to be that, that is the, the kind of a, an evolutionary step yeah. from the smartphone to the watch, not to, you know, throw, throw like a, a, a ridiculous piece of, of hardware on my face. Like I already don't like wearing glasses, right? So fascinating. I mean, this is, this is going to be an ongoing debate, I think, throughout this uh, number of years to come and, uh, and whether or not Cook is a good CEO and can lead this company. Who knows? But man, it sounds like he can. I couldn't do this. I don't think. And Microsoft, I could run. Go. Microsoft, I could run. How about how about just just while we're on the topic of can people lead companies or not? Because we haven't talked about her for like a few weeks, Rob. What? How about Marissa? Oh yes. What is going on there? How about those those numbers that came out this week that said they surpassed Google in, in search? Well, you know what? It it, it it's um. Does that surprise you? Now this is just web search, right? So mm -hmm. they didn't they didn't you know factor in mobile uh, and the impact that mobile's had and we know that the impact that mobile yeah. but uh, but but Yahoo has great mobile properties so they're, does, well they're basically saying it's the, it's the Tumblr effect yeah but but they didn't so. consider they this doesn't include Tumblr in the numbers yes so but you're talking about like what how many acquisitions like every yeah, week there's one right I know. 
they're acquiring numbers but you know it's it's fascinating to watch this go on and and so some would say that this is exactly this is this is marissa buying companies buying traffic okay fine uh but yeah. the, you know what the other side of it is also could be that google has strayed so far away from their core competency which is search and results and getting into so many different business lines i mean so scattered across all, so many business lines that that they could also have this mad vision like apple does where they're going to you know they're thinking nine steps ahead and it's all going to come in and land in nine steps yeah. ahead and then all of a sudden it's going to be like you know what those those three losing uh years against yahoo yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's going to be like 30x the size of what that uh, what the search impact is going to be so who knows what happens here who knows? that one who moment knows? yahoo's like i'm just waiting for the next project loon yeah exactly <laughs> It's in space. Pigs in space. All right, those yeah. those are the seven stories that we talked about uh, with the mobile minute from Chuck. Uh, obviously, our uh, our great 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 app of the week, which is Clinch Clinch Co. We got one last piece of business here, uh, which is the resource of the week. And uh, see, this is this is amazing. You think that the industry is big, yeah, the location based marketing uh, in services is big in North America, but here's a comparison between Europe and North America, and. It, it, Based on what I read, it looks like North America is poised to, or uh, Europe is poised to grow far greater than North America in the next year. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're certainly uh, North America has certainly uh, you know had a leg up for for a while at this, yeah. but uh, yep. this is new research from uh, from Berg Insight, uh, and it's nice. I mean, people ask me all the time at these conferences, you know, well, you know, is it the same in North America? Are we behind this, that, the other thing, whatever? Uh, and it, and the answer to that is is it depends on what part of the industry we're talking about. But, you know, when we talk about overall LBS, which is what this is looking at, um, they're, they're saying in, in 2012, the market was uh, eight, uh, $325 million in Europe. Um, and they're expecting that to grow uh, uh, at tw by 21% uh, to $825 million by 2017. Contrast that to North America, the market uh, right now, uh, or in 2012, was $835 million, um, and they only expect 9% growth, getting to bring it to $1.3 billion. So, obviously, the growth is in Europe. Uh, that's where the focus should be if you're looking to invest in new markets and other things. Outside of Asia, is growing uh, just as fast, in fact, faster, I would argue, right. in, in different segments. But... Um, I think the North American market is maturing around this stuff. People are starting to come up, uh, you know, into line with the general population. Um, I don't know what, did, what were the numbers on the install base now. Fifty-five percent in North yeah. America. Fifty-five yeah. percent, yeah, yep. Yeah, and they're saying like in Europe, forty percent, forty percent of mobile subscribers in Europe use some form of location-enhanced application on a regular basis, and th those are those are big numbers. Um, Fifty yeah. percent taking advantage of LBS at least monthly in the U.S. So, uh, and Canada. So, I mean, these are, uh, you, you know, whether you know it or not, whether you take a photo or you put a tweet out there with a location, you're participating in the location world by doing that. And, you got it. And uh, so these numbers can grow. And, and now it's it's up to marketers. It's up to, um, you know, commerce enable these pieces. So so we talked, you know, the the moment, uh, the mobile minute with Chuck talking about QR codes and their, and their slow plight. And as I said at the very end of that, it's like the, the marriage of, of a QR code and location and context and commerce. It's all got to come together. And I think that that's where, where we're going to start to see a, a huge impact of uh, for revenue for, for um, location-based marketing and services. The other side is like, you know, the adoption, the smartphone adopt, adoption, um, uh, you know, is, they say is plateaued in North America, but continues to grow at, at you know, like a gangbuster pace in, uh, in Europe and in Asia. Yeah. So it's just going to get bigger. 
But we know that. That's this is our business. That's it. So if you're interested in that, but we you, wanted you to know that. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. We just want to make sure that you have the same knowledge we do, and that's why you come here every week. Like we just jammed this entire episode full of knowledge bombs. Did you say that? It's late. You eh? did. Yeah. Knowledge bomb. Yeah. Knowledge bombs. Um, yes, and that's why we do this every week. But if you want to know, uh, they can go to the uh, thelbma.com forward slash research. This will be uh, this will be there, obviously. Yes. Yes, it will be. Or you can come to untether.tv. This is episode number 144. You can check us out there, and uh, certainly you'll be able to find the um, the show notes there as well. They're a little bit more detailed this time around. Um, but that's it. All those stories, the resource of the week, Chuck, Martin, Clinch, Clinch.co, and uh, that was it. Do you have anything else to contribute to this episode? I think I'm good. Man. i got to get good. back out to the lake. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I don't think your family will know that you've gone. I think that they'll, they'll they won't yeah. miss you. They won't miss you. All right. Well, uh, that is episode number 144. Thank you all for sticking through. And please, please hit up wherever you downloaded this. Give us a review. We'd really appreciate it. It's our currency. Thank you for doing that. If you've already done it, we love you. And thank you for sticking around. We'll see you next week for episode number 145. Asif, have a safe week, man. Cheers. See you later, everybody.